that fits right in with the message today. Yay. It's always fun. We will go ahead and dismiss our children's church back to the back with Miss Juanita. And uh, we'll open up with a word of prayer. God, uh, thank you again for our being amongst us, God, for sending your Holy Spirit to, to live inside of us, for sending Jesus uh, to open that uh, possibility up, God, through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. God, as we wrap up our series that we've been talking about with the gospel, God, the good news, Lord, I, I just pray, Father, as, as we've said multiple times, the gospel demands a response. And God, I know sometimes we get caught up in, in thinking that's for an unbeliever, but that's for all of us. Every day, the gospel demands a response. And so, Lord, I pray that wherever we are in our journey, I pray that we are taking the steps that you're calling us and leading us into. God, that we're not sit, sitting by idly or, or just ignoring um, this path that's in front of us, God that we take serious the mission of Christ, God, and, and all the joy and, and purpose that comes from that, God, how, how you've told us that we live this life to the fullest when we're, we're living in communion with you, when we're living in obedience to you. So God, just help us to take those steps. Help us to do that, God, and uh, Lord, just open us up uh, this morning, Lord, to your, your word that you have for us, Lord, and, and help us to uh, just surrender that to you, God, and allow uh, you to transform us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And we pray all this in his name. Amen. Um, I, when I was uh, in elementary school, maybe, maybe you have some of these memories too. I'm, I'm sure we probably all did. But we used to play this game called Follow the Leader. And uh, I, I remember, I don't remember much from elementary school, but I do remember that game because one time we were playing, I, was, I think I was in like kindergarten, um, we lived in Illinois, and we were out on this playground, and we were playing follow the leader. And I remember, you know, it started off like just kind of simple, and the leader would like walk around in circles and make us try to kind of run into each other a little bit. And, and then like, uh, you know, and that was probably a little girl leading, and then they put a little boy in the front, and he's like, oh, slide. You know, and so all of a sudden the whole group's walking up ladders and going down slides, and then and then you got to one-up the person that just did you know. So you're just finding, and it just got more and more crazy until the teacher, you know, finally had to step in before someone got hurt. Um, and uh, I watched my boys play together, and, and that happens a lot uh, with them. And, you know, Simon says we'd be in the classroom, and someone would be Simon, and Simon would try to, to trick you. But the, the point was to, to follow. And, you know, so oftentimes that message is so simple, but so difficult to accomplish. And so as we wrap up our gospel series, that's where we're ending today is the following. Because I, I believe this is where uh, we really get off track oftentimes. We, we do the following to the point that we believe that we're saved. And then oftentimes we dismiss the rest of the scriptures. Now we like hearing about them in a sermon and in little memes on Facebook. They all sound really catchy and spiritual, and we can amen them, but it's a whole nother ball game when you're called to take the step and do it. And I loved what just happened up here. You know, TJ came up here to sing a song by himself, and, 
And I was funny because he, he couldn't get the tune. I couldn't either. I was trying to get it for him in my head, and I was like, I can't get there either. And then, you know, Alicia, we're not in this alone, right? We're here to help carry each other through these things. And so I appreciate that, what just unfolded right here, because that's what it looks like. You know, we are called to go, and we need to go, but we're not going alone. And we're here for each other to support each other and carry each other through and, and, and just stepping in, you know, and just doing and so the following part sometimes gets lost because, hey, you know what? I'm going to heaven. We were talking about the streets of gold this morning. That's going to be awesome, you know? But as I've said and as I will continue to say, as long as you let me be your pastor, oh, we got a mission. We're on it. And I'm going to keep pushing you because it matters. People's lives are literally at stake and there's eternal consequences to how we live our life. And I want you to have the greatest impact that you can have. I want our church to have the greatest impact that it can have on the people uh, around us, the people that God has called us uh, into their life. So I'm going to do the little saying that we've, we've, been, we've been saying, the gospel, uh, the gospel we believe is the gospel we live. And I've, I've shared that with you guys, and I believe that to be true. What you truly believe deep down in your core is, is going to be played out in your life. Uh, and, and what comes out of our mouth doesn't always match up what's being lived out in our life, you know? And I believe what you really, really believe is, is going to happen. It's going to happen. You, you're going to make that effort. You're going to do the things that you truly believe deep down in your core. And so for me, my study of Scripture, all the stuff I've taken in that God's taught me, like following Jesus is not a, a, a separable thing from salvation. It all goes hand in hand. And if it didn't, then why all the charade? Why all the passages of Scripture? Why, why this entire book of, hey, follow Jesus, follow Jesus, follow Jesus. Here's how, here's how, here's how. Over and over and over again. It's important and it matters. And it not only matters for eternity for us, but others. And, uh, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through the gospel um, definition that we've been using. And if anybody wants this, man, I can email it over to you or text it or print it out and give it to you. Um, I try to remind myself of this a lot. So when I come in contact with someone and I'm sharing the gospel, that I'm, I'm covering all the bases. You know, I'm not just doing a partial version of it. Uh, because again, that's something we do in our culture. It's how can I water this down to make it sound the best that it can sound so I can just get them in, you know? And I promise you, God is much more uh, concerned about the full truth. Because it tells us to weigh the cost, right? Before you follow Jesus, you're supposed to weigh the cost. Because it will cost you not just something, it will cost you everything. Now, there's a return, obviously, but it will cost you everything. The gospel is this. The kingdom of God has come through Jesus of Nazareth to restore relationship with mankind. He is the Christ, the King, God's one and only Son. He died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and was resurrected on the third day according to the Scripture in His great love and by His amazing grace. God our Father saves everyone who repents of their sins, believes in Him, and follows Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. When King Jesus returns on the last day, day for his church, all who have been restored and followed him will enter the kingdom 
of God, the gospel, the good news. So, you know, as I was, as I was just thinking through this, like follow, you know, like what, what does it fully mean to follow? And, you know, if you, you start asking people that one of the first things, if you're not a believer, you know, you got to believe, right? You got to believe in who Jesus claimed he was. And we know if you study scripture, he claimed to be God. He uses the phrase, I am, he's God's son. And, but he even said, I'm, it's not about equality with God. But we know he's, he's God's son. He's a part of the Trinity. The word became flesh, as it says in John. We have to believe who Jesus is. We don't get to just, well, I mean, Jesus was a nice guy and the Bible's a good book. No, it doesn't work like that. We have to believe in who Jesus actually is and who he says he is. Part one, you have to repent, right? No one would argue with that. You got to repent. You got to turn from who you were, right? We're sacrificing, we're surrendering. We're going to say, hey, I'm done with the sinful life and I'm taking on the life that Jesus is called me to. We got to be baptized. The Bible talks about, hey, you got to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, for the gift of the Holy Spirit. It goes through that. And then again, right there is where we like enter this little gray area that we like to it's like, okay, I've, I've done the important things. Now I'll just, you know, I'll try to live a good life. I'll show up at church, smile, hug it out. Be good to my neighbor. Something happens to him. I'll give a little in the missions. At Christmas time, I'll go to the soup kitchen and serve. And I'm not knocking any of these things, Right? They're all a part of, of good things. But that's, that's not all. By any means, by any stretch, is that all. We, we have an entire book dedicated to the fact that we're all supposed to be growing up into Christ, maturing into believers, to put away childish things and embrace maturity in Jesus Christ. And when we embrace maturity... The, you know, I, I believe that's, that's getting on mission with Christ as we grow spiritually and he begins to speak and move in our life that, that we begin to get on mission with Christ. And that's why we always point everyone to the great co-mission, right? We're on a mission with Christ. He does not leave us as orphaned children. The Bible says he's with us, right? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he is with us. But I'm convinced you don't experience the with us unless you do the going, I want you to think about that for a second. If we don't do the going, I, don't, I really don't think we experience the He's with us part. That powerful part that acts out when you take a bold step of faith, when you can't see the outcome and you just know God's leading you into this, and you're just like, I'm scared to death, but I'm going anyway. And you just go. And you just do. And Jesus shows up. It's just amazing. I've been in situations that I was not ready for. And the fear of the Lord was all over me. And he carried me through. I got super emotional this morning. I was, I was in the office and um, someone asked, oh, I hate this stuff. Someone asked for prayer. There's a little boy going through a cancer, a time of cancer. And I know cancer's everywhere. And it just rocks me. Um, when I see the kids dealing with that, I know it's not fun for an adult or anybody else, but uh, it just rocks me. And I was, I was praying for this family and this little boy, and I'm just like, God, you know, like, I know. 
I know you come into a situation like that and you give people peace that doesn't make any sense. I've had it. You give them strength when there shouldn't be any. You minister to them ways I can't even imagine. And you make them stronger. I got cousins that have gone through this with a little girl. And we've watched this unfold for years and years. She's had brain surgery after brain surgery after brain surgery. And to watch Jason and Anna and how, and I'm not even real close to the situation, but just watch how God has carried them through. And I mean, there's been times of just complete breaking, you know, but uh, man, God has just worked and he does. That's what I'm saying. If we'll just, if we'll just do the going, he brings the power every time. You're not going to be abandoned. He's going to show up. He's going to show up. But we got to do the following. We got to do the going. We don't get to separate that because, hey, I'm going to heaven. I'm good to go. I'm just going to live my best life now. Man, there's a mission. And you're a part of it. You're a part of it. So um, there's a, there's a, uh, verse in Matthew, uh, Matthew four nineteen, I lost it on my notes, but Hattie's going to bring it up for us. Oh, I found it. Okay. And, it, and he said to them, follow me, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And, and I love that second part right there because it says, and I will make you. You know, sometimes we think we have to transform ourselves or transform others, and we try, right? Real hard. Dragging people kicking and screaming into the kingdom, I've done it several times in my life, tried, tried to do it, and I, I can't, and you can't, but we can follow Jesus, and he can transform you, transform you, because at the end of the day, the most powerful thing is that, that you've been transformed, and that you're a witness, that you're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You want an evangelism program? Follow Jesus. You'll have one. You want to change the world? Follow Jesus. You'll change someone's world, not just your own. You'll change somebody's. He's wired us and built us that way. He laid out a mission the way he laid it out because of that. Someone's life will change when you get serious about following after Jesus Christ. And then we put away childish things and we start embracing the habits and spiritual uh, disciplines to grow in maturity. We don't get to cop out on this. We don't get to have a ticket punched and excuse the rest of the Bible. We have to follow. We have to follow. Um, Shay and I went on this. I wasn't going to share this. I just, it just popped in my head. Shay and I went on a hike um, this past week. We were in the Shenandoah National Park. And uh, uh, the Lord was just phenomenal to us. Um, Got to see the most spectacular leaves I've ever seen in my entire life, uh, hands down. Uh, it was just beautiful. And so one day, we were driving through the Shenandoah National Park, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but the road through it is all on the top of the mountain, the whole thing, 105 miles of on top of the mountain. <laughs> awesome. Um, and so every, you know, every curve you come around, your jaw just is dropping. You're like, what? And then you go around and I'm coming, what? And it just keeps happening. My wife got tired of hearing, can you believe we get to look at this? I said that a hundred times. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I've hiked in Colorado and all over, and it just still, like, it just blows me away. And she kept asking me the question, you think you'd ever get tired of this? Nope. Nope. I would never get tired of that. Oh, my gracious. It was amazing. So we do this waterfall hike, and it was pretty, and it was crowded. 
get back to the car. We're meandering home. And I posed this question. I said, hey, there's one more hike. I got it on my list. It's a summit hike. What do y'all think? It's a half mile to the summit. Y'all decide. I'm not deciding. We can go home. We can go eat. Everybody's like, yeah, let's, it's a half mile. Let's, let's do it, you know. And I was like, we've already seen all these great overlooks. You know, is it really going to be that different? And I was trying to like, you know, I wanted to make sure they wanted to do it because I really wanted to do it. So we got out there and we got to hiking. And at the first part, it was a, you know, it was a trail. And then it turned into rock. And if I was by myself, the skill level isn't astronomical or anything. I could have done it and been okay. But it brings a whole other element in when you're packing a four-year-old uh, that can't scale rocks and cliffs. <laughs> and you sit there and like, we're going to the top. You know, I had a man moment, and I regretted it. Um, I even fell one time with my four-year-old in my hands, and how he did not bust his head on a rock, I don't know still. Thank God. I was, I was sick at my stomach for like five days, wondering, like, does he have a head injury? And like, oh, my goodness. So we, we start scaling these rocks, and it was lift Elias up, sit here, hold on and don't move, and then climb, and then lift Elias up. And I'm not exaggerating, you guys. Like, that's really how it was for a while. And we got to some place where my wife, the sensible one, that's it. We are not, you're not taking my boys any further. And I'm like, we're right there. And right there is on the side of a cliff. And you had to shimmy up this, I use the word shimmy because my wife does. Um, you have to shimmy up this little, this little rock side, and then you're at the summit. And up at the summit, it's jagged rock, but it's a lot of rock, so you're not like going to fall off type thing. But still, getting up there was a little, little, little hairy there for a minute. And I was like, I'm taking Caden. No, you're not. And I knew when not to fight. <laughs> I was like, okay, I will go, and I will take pictures. And uh, so if, if you get on Facebook, I actually put a 360-degree video. What you probably did not see, if you scan around real slowly on Facebook, you'll see a little pink dot it's Shay and the boys hunkered down in a rock crevice below me. And uh, so if you saw that photo, you can go back and look at it. You can see them. Um, but, you know, we went on this crazy journey. And honestly, it was pretty easy in the beginning. And, and we got through this section and then, like, I mean, it hit. You know, and probably if we'd faced the cliffs first, we'd be like, oh, let's just turn around. This isn't worth it. But it was a little easy rock thing. And then we could see on the other side of it there was more trail. It's like, oh, we got this, yeah. And we did. We made knocked it out on that. And then we got to the next one. It was a little more difficult. But it was like, oh, you know, we've already come this far. It, it can't be much further. We go. And then it got a little more difficult. And I think we ended up going through five rock sections before we got to the top. And I was shaking. I mean, obviously, I fell with Elias. And uh, I was nervous. And um, I was trying not to show it. And it got really hard, honestly, if I was just being truthful. And making sure my family was safe, you know, uh, and all those things and just the steps that it took. So on the way down, it was like, hey, we're going to take our time and we're going to make sure our steps are true and we're going to get out of this and it's going to be okay. And we did and we didn't have any issues. It just took a while, you know, and I just, man, when I think about the Christian life, it just seems like that. It seems like that, that first moment, you remember when Christ impacted your heart? Do you remember that moment? And like there was just like this elation, hopefully, and like you did these things and like it was exciting, almost easy. And then you can't unread scripture, right? <laughs> Don't you love when you come across those passages that 
just square you up between the eyes. You can't unread it. It's like, ugh. And the challenging part comes, and it will come. If you've not hit it yet, it comes. Are we going to turn around and just lay down? Or are we going to keep climbing, trusting that God's got us, trusting those footholds of truth that are going to lead you to the mountaintop? And I'm not just talking about mountaintop experiences. and I know we have those. I'm just talking about this journey that we're on. Are we going to take the steps it takes to follow after Jesus? Are we going to get uncomfortable? Because I promise you, he got uncomfortable for you. We're, we're called to suffer along with Christ. That's what the Bible says. Not just enjoy the, the, the joyful thing, but suffer along with Christ. And again, one of the crazy things that happens on a spiritual plane somehow is there's joy in the suffering. Like things that just don't make sense to the world. Uh, the other passage I want to read to you is in Matthew 20, 28. I'm just going to, from here on out, I'm just going to unload a real practical approach to what I'm talking about today, and then we're going to wrap it up. Okay. So Matthew 20, 28, it says, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. When I really broke it down, I was trying to just process through falling like, hey, how can we just like lay out a plan? And I hope this hits you somewhere. All right. We know the greatest two commandments. God calls us to, I mean, Jesus called us to love God with everything that we got, right? Heart, mind, soul, strength. Love our neighbor as ourselves. It starts, obviously, with loving God. If you're not developing your spiritual life, the next part gets really difficult. You're going to be trying to scale cliffs without any help. Because have you met your neighbors? Some of them aren't that great, right? Have you met people? Man, I got some neighbors on Facebook. That <laughs> some days, whoo, I want to give them an earful. Have you met your neighbors? They're people just like us, and they're messy. And it ain't easy to love them. Maybe some days, maybe when a storm comes through and blows a tree on their house, and you show up with a chainsaw, well, yeah, sure, then it's easy. But what about the normal days? When they're annoying you or they're not happy with something that's going on on your property, and I'm being very figurative right here because our neighbors aren't just living next to us. How do we love them? By getting on your knees and developing your spiritual life with God. That's how you love them, right? You, you come to the end of yourself and you get filled up with the Holy Spirit and Jesus and you look more and more like Christ and it's easier to approach your neighbors with love. Because you're learning what love is really all about in your time with God. So if you're not doing your time with God, you're not doing your part. It has to start there, but it doesn't stop there, right? Oh, I had a great spiritual time this morning. I journaled, man, I just felt the presence of God. And then you go out and do nothing with it all day long. That's, that's not what we're supposed to do. We put on the full armor of God and we go, right? We go. So loving God, loving others. And, I, you know, I, I wrote down this, like, just truthful, like, just like being in front of God and not holding anything back because he already knows who we are anyway. And just being just full on with him is going to make us into the best uh, disciple going out to, to love those around us. 
And love, I believe, and I read that passage in Matthew because I believe it begins with a servant's heart. Right? Isn't that a great door, open door to, to, to talk to someone is when you serve them? The problem is oftentimes we wait until a tragedy. Right? That's what we do. The tree blows down and well, I got a chainsaw, I can show up. You don't have to wait. Right? Miss Alicia and I were up here talking about how much we all love food. You should have saw what I ate yesterday. It was awesome. Loved it. Everybody. It's good living. Your neighbors love food. Desserts. They love them. They might not need them, but they love them. Okay? You want an end? There it is. God made it real simple. Everybody likes food. Who doesn't like food? Just bake something and take it down there. Make somebody in the church who has the gift of baking bake something and take it down there. Right? We're a team. We got your back. You know, stop waiting for just a tragedy. I know sometimes that's a, that is a great door. When something happens, people are vulnerable and they'll listen. I get it. But we don't have to wait on that. Love your neighbor. It begins with a servant's heart. And it leads to action with words. With words. We're not just called to go make friends and buddy buddies and, Right? There's a gospel that needs to be shared. Intentionality. It, it's just got to be there. I'm not saying go beat everybody up with the, with the Bible the first time you meet them, but I'm saying also don't let five years pass talking about the Braves and never once did you bring up Jesus. That's not okay either. We have a message inside of us, and I'm telling you, the more time you're spending with God, the more open you're going to be and on it with His will for that kind of stuff. You're going to know what to say, when to say it. But if you do the going without the kneeling, you're climbing up cliffs. I'm not saying you can't get there. I'm saying it's going to be way more difficult when you go it with just half-hearted Christianity. The more we develop the Spirit, the easier it is to do the following. So, if, if your neighbor or someone in your life is a non-believer, then then obviously serving in love and sharing the gospel is, is it, right? And we've been talking about the gospel for weeks on end. Again, if you need that in a printout, just so you, hey, I know what to share. So you can be like, hey, my weird preacher gave me this, and, and I, you know, I need to share it with you, and so you read it. And then you just figure out how to plug your story into it because they want to hear your story, and they want you to hear their story. I promise. Everybody's got one. And they need connectivity in their life. We are, we're designed to be in relationship. That's just how it works. So we get to that storytelling moment where we're sharing what Jesus has done for us. And they, they probably are sharing like, hey, I've been you know, struggling here. and Do this. And you want to be a listener. Again, it's not a time to just beat them up with Christianity. I'm not saying that. But maybe it is a time to introduce them to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that does the transforming. The convicting. The leading. We're there to be the vessel that he uses to minister to someone. And if it's a believer, let's just say you're, you're out there and you run into somebody and you're serving them or ministering to them and you find out they're a believer. Well, the, the next thing to me is kind of trying to figure out through their own language is where they're at, right? We talk about that a lot. We're all in different places. When we were hiking up to the summit, we met people at different places along the journey. We should have listened to the guy that we met early on that said, it gets a little hairy up there. 
hindsight being 2020. He could have elaborated on that a little better, but we kept going. You meet people in different places, and they tell you where they're at. You kind of know where they're at spiritually by the language they're speaking. And so then you just begin as, as a fellow brother or sister in Christ, like, hey, how can I help them with their next step? Like, where, where are they in this journey? And like, how can, I, how can I help them take a next step? And maybe, maybe a next step for someone is just biblical truth. Maybe they don't get it. I've, like, I hear a lot of stuff around this election being spewed out and being labeled to Christianity, and it's not really reflective of Scripture at all, you know? And so if I heard that, I would say, hey, that's an immature believer taking, taking some truth and twisting it to meet a political agenda. Okay, so what they need is they need me to sit down with them and love them and be like, hey, you said this, but like, why don't you read this scripture with me? Like, like, so how does that fit in there? I'm not doing it to be mean or sarcastic or anything. I'm truly doing it in love. And I'm taking the time to sit down with them and I'm not telling them they're wrong. I'm letting the Bible do that. Like, hey, let's get in the word of God here. I think you're missing, like, I, I see where you're coming from and I see your heart, but like, man, the Bible says this in these verses. How does that fit into that? And giving the power of the word of God a chance to cut, right? That's what it does, the cutting. Maybe, maybe you meet somebody and they need plugged into a church. Maybe they need plugged into a small group of community of believers. Man, open up your home, Right? Maybe, they, maybe they've gotten connected. Maybe they just need ministry because we're all called to minister to our body. All of us. Like maybe that's the next step for you. Maybe you're not plugged in anywhere and you need to get plugged in. Maybe you're ready for ministry. Maybe you're ready to lead something. Maybe you're ready to become a disciple maker. We, I talk about that word a lot, disciple. And again, everybody's not in the same place. Everybody's not ready to be a disciple maker. I always use my kids as that. Like, my kids aren't ready to be parents. I wasn't ready to be a parent in high school. I wasn't ready to be a parent when I had kids. I'm still not ready to be a parent, but we're in it, and we're doing it, you know? So if you're not ready to take on someone and help them grow, then, then maybe you're, hey, then I need to take some steps in my spiritual maturity, and that's the response for you. Hey, my habits just aren't quite where they need to be. And you've been going it alone, and I'm just going to get up every morning, and I'm doing this. And you make it for five, six days, months. You keep trying to go it alone. I wouldn't have made it. Well, I might have made it, but it would have been horrible without Shay coming off that summit with the kids. I'm just telling you. Having both of us, us there, being able to, especially coming down, it got a little trickier um, on some spots, and like her being able to, to, to be down here, and Caden's coming down, and then handing Elias down. Just, man, what a help. What a help that I wasn't there by myself with those boys. Oh, my gracious. So how is that any different? Like you having some Christians around you, and like you're trying to do all this yourself, or you're trying to walk your own journey by yourself, it's no different. You're fighting windmills. You weren't designed for that. We're on this journey together. And the gospel demands a response. And if you're at that place where, man, you've been walking this out, and there's just nobody that you're, you're pouring into intentionally, man, I, I want to challenge you this morning to go back and spend some time in the Great Commission, the end of Matthew. Read it. Study it. I'm telling you. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the ministry of reconciliation. Go read it. Study it. 
It's our responsibility to be pouring into others. And we don't get to just dismiss. It's what the Word of God says. So as we wrap this up, I just want to end with, with three questions, and then uh, we'll, we'll sing our invitation song. I'll close the prayer, and then we'll sing our invitation song. And, and they, they are, you know, am I ready to be a disciple maker? And if the answer to that is no, the question is, then what are the steps I need to take right now in my own spiritual maturity? Maybe you need discipled, right? And you've just been sitting in a pew or on your couch or back in your life waiting on someone to come to you. Well, stop waiting, all right? If you feel like you need to disciple, to be discipled, there are great people in this congregation who have been walking this out a long time who would love to spend time with you developing your understanding of Scripture, okay? Man, a lot of people have walked a lot of roads in this room. And they would love to help you in your journey. They're not going to turn you down. But maybe you go to someone and you're like, hey, I just like, I just can't get this habits thing going, man. I, I try and I fall and I try and I fall. And they're like, me too. Well, just give up and just keep doing what you're doing then. No, now you got two of you are in the same spot. Now go find a person who will disciple you guys together. Right? And now you got a team. And you're going to grow in Christ together. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe, you're, but maybe you've been walking this a long time and you're not pouring into somebody. You need to be aware of that. Hey, I want somebody intentionally in my life that I'm helping mature. I got these two questions written on my board. I'm sure I've, I've said them to you before. I'm going to say them to you again, and I'm going to say them to you again, and I'm going to say them to you again. Who am I personally discipling? I think, I think as a follower of Jesus, I have to ask myself that question. And the other one is, who am I building a relationship with that doesn't know God? for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom of Jesus Christ? And if the answer to that is no one, I need to be working on that. Because the good news, the gospel needs to be shared. And I can't hide behind the fact that I'm a preacher and mostly what I deal with is the body. That's a lame excuse. I don't know what yours is, but that, that would be mine and it's lame. There's a whole lot of people out there who don't know God. And I need to be pursuing that. I need to, that needs to be at the forefront of my prayers. Church, I love you. We are called to follow. And, it, and, and following isn't limited to repentance and baptism. It's just not. It's not. There's, there's a whole life of following. And it, there's a growth. There's a journey in it. And I think it's fine wherever you are. This isn't like, oh, I'm at the beginning. Fine, be at the beginning, but take a step. I think that's it. I think it's just that we're moving in our faith and we're willing to take the steps to grow closer and to mature in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for this process that you've laid out in Scripture. Thank you that you meet us right where we are. Thank you that you forgive us of sins. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that is new every day. God, thank you that you allow us to fall down, that you allow us to make mistakes, that you bring glory out of our messes. Thank you that you have um, just completely packaged this thing in love. Relationship, forgiveness, joy, 
peace, gentleness, kindness, self-control, all these things that we get to see um, just on a spiritual plane, God, when we're doing our part. Lord, and that's really what this boils down to. What's my part today, God? What step do I need to take to not sit by idly and just live another day in mediocrity? Lord, I don't know what's going on in the world. Some people think this is the beginning of the end. I, I, don't, I don't know, God. I just know you call us to be ready. As Phil was sharing his communion meditation, we're called to be ready. And we're called to be your witnesses. Help us to be cities on a hill that cannot be hidden. Lord, whatever you're stirring in people's hearts this morning, God, I pray they respond, whether they do during this invitation hymn or when they get home or Monday or Tuesday or whatever moment, God, I pray that they do not ignore the tug that you're putting on their heart, God. I pray that they respond because your gospel demands a response. Thank you for this series. Thank you for what we've learned. Thank you for what you've taught me, God. And I pray that you just continue to transform us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Thank you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. If you got a decision to make or need prayer or any, whatever, you know, we're here for you. Um, we're brothers and sisters, and, and like I said, we're all in this together, and, and uh, we want to support you and encourage you and those kinds of things. And so if it's this morning while we're singing, get up here. You know, you'll be white-knuckled for a minute and sweaty palms, but just come on anyway, you know. Um, don't Don't wait. And if it's sometime during the week, man, you need to reach out, call me, call the elders, you know, call till you get somebody. Um, I know we're all not available 24-7, but we want to hear from you. We want to love on you and pray with you and help you through things. And so I uh, just want to remind you that stuff as, as we stand and sing our, our closing songs.